Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to History of Europe Key Battles podcast, the Russo-Turkish War of 1877 to 1878, part two of three. Firstly, I'd like to give a big shout out to the patrons of this show who helped to keep this podcast going. Every bit helps, so if you would like to make a, a contribution, please visit patreon.com slash history Europe. Thank you so much. In April 1876, News spread across Europe of appalling atrocities being committed in Bulgaria by Turks against a local uprising. Thanks to the invention of the Telegraph, war correspondents working on the ground could now get the reports immediately to the newspaper owners, and the rapid expansion of democracy and mass media meant the reports had the potential to have an immediate effect on public opinion, and consequently the decisions of their governments. Particular events tended to attract public attention, and one of those was the infamous Massacre of Batak, a small town in southwest Bulgaria, then a province of the Ottoman Empire. An American correspondent working for the London Daily News named Januarius Magan arrived a few weeks after Ottoman Turks had retaken control of the town from insurgents. He reported that, quote, we all suddenly drew rein with an exclamation of horror, for right before us, almost beneath our horses' feet, was a sight that made us shudder. It was a heap of skulls, intermingled with bones from all parts of the human body, skeletons nearly entire, rotting, clothing, human hair and putrid flesh, lying in one foul heap. End quote. He estimated that 8,000 people had been killed, although others put the number at nearer 30,000. The incidents in Bulgaria came soon after uprisings elsewhere in the Balkan region, in Bosnia and Serbia, as described last week. The reports were picked up by the British politician William Gladstone, then in opposition as leader of the Liberal Party. 
who wrote a pamphlet condemning the atrocities and followed this up with speeches in meetings across Britain. He denounced the Turkish government for cruelty to their Christian subjects and demanded that they be deprived of power in Bulgaria, and he criticised the foreign policy of the Conservative Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, which favoured supporting the Ottoman Empire as a counterweight to Russia. The strongest reaction came from Russia, where widespread sympathy for the Bulgarian cause led to a nationwide surge in patriotism across all classes of Russian society. This was accompanied by public debate about Russian goals in this conflict. Slavophiles, including the author Fyodor Dostoevsky, saw in the impending war the chance to unite all Orthodox nations under Russia's wing, fulfilling what they believed was the historic mission of Russia. The Turks defeated an attempted invasion of their territory by Serbia in 1876, and a truce was agreed, but simmering tensions meant conflict could reignite any moment. The Russians demanded greater rights for Christians of Ottoman-controlled territory in Europe, and threatened to invade if their demands were not met. So to resolve the crisis, the European powers met at a conference in Constantinople in December. Historically, the location of Bulgaria, immediately to the north of modern-day Turkey on the coast of the Black Sea, made it relatively easy for the Turks to control its Slavic inhabitants. It was the first region in Europe to be conquered by the Ottomans back in 1396. As elsewhere in Europe, Bulgaria experienced a steadily growing sense of nationalist identity through the 19th century, led at first by a relatively small number of members of the intelligentsia. In 1841, a peasant uprising was ruthlessly and effectively crushed by the Ottomans. Many Bulgarians fled northwards to the Danubian principalities, to Russia and later to Serbia. Another complicating factor in the Balkans was a huge movement of people triggered by Russia's defeat in the Crimean War of 1854-56. to Fearing retribution, hundreds of thousands of Tatars fled the Crimean Peninsula for the Ottoman Empire. Misha Galeni, in his book on the Balkans, writes that this migration had a major impact on the longer-term relations between Christians and Muslims in the region. The majority went to Anatolia, but about one-third went to the Balkans, a few to Bosnia, but mostly Bulgaria, Macedonia and Thrace, where they encountered a large population of Christians. In a series of unpleasant incidents, the new arrivals visited the violence they had suffered at the hands of Orthodox Russians on the Orthodox Bulgarians. A second mass immigration into the Ottoman Empire occurred in 1864, when Russia finalised its conquest of the Caucasus region on the other side of the Black Sea, hundreds of thousands of Muslims, Circassians, abandoned their mountain strongholds. Gleni writes that 400,000 of them sought refuge in Anatolia, Bulgaria and Macedonia. Starving, exhausted and suffering from smallpox and typhoid, thousands fell ill and died in the open. The problems between refugees and the settled population consolidated the pattern of violence which was to become prevalent in the Balkans. The Ottoman government evicted Christians en masse from their villages to accommodate the new arrivals, and when refugees began to terrorise the countryside, thousands of Christians fled into Romania and Serbia.
writes Mark Mazova in his book, The Balkans, From the End of Byzantium to the Present Day, at least in the 1830s there was little sense of a national consciousness among the mostly peasant populations of Bulgaria. What little revolutionary conspiracy as there was took place in the coffee shops and inns of neighbouring Romania. Armed Bulgarian bands which crossed the Danube were easily crushed by Ottoman troops. The beginnings of an emergent Bulgarian national consciousness arose from a movement towards greater education inspired from outside the country. A number of Bulgarians received education abroad in Russia, Prague and other Slavic centres in Europe. The French Revolution and the Napoleonic Wars also helped bring the concept of secular education into the Balkans. Also central to the Bulgarian nationalism was religious identity. Most branches of the civil administration were dominated by Greeks, and nowhere was this more true than in the Orthodox Church. But in the middle of the 19th century, there were growing demands for a fully separate Bulgarian church. Matters came to a head in 1860 with a virtual declaration of independence of the Bulgarian church. On Easter Sunday in St Stephen's in Constantinople, as a symbolic declaration of independence, Bishop Ilarion Makariopolsky omitted the name of the Greek patriarch in his prayers, instead praying directly for the Sultan's welfare. Ilarion's bold move won widespread support amongst the Bulgarian communities, and many towns petitioned the Sultan in support of the bishop. Nothing was immediately formalised, but over the next years, Bulgarian bishoprics expelled most of the Greek clerics, and so the whole of northern Bulgaria, as well as the northern parts of Thrace and Macedonia, effectively ceded from the Greek church. Finally, in February 1870, the Sultan issued a decree formally restoring the Bulgarian Patriarchate, a major milestone in the independence of the Bulgarian nation. Aspirations for political independence were promoted by nationalists such as Vasil Levski, who became a leading member of the Bulgarian Revolutionary Central Committee when it was established in April 1870. He spent the next two years primarily occupied in setting up a network of secret organisations in Bulgaria. In 1872 he was arrested and in February 1873 hanged in Sofia and became an important martyr for the Bulgarian national cause. When in 1875 the Ottoman Empire was facing difficulties with a revolt in Bosnia, Bulgarian revolutionary conspirators used the opportunity to organise an uprising of their own. The attempted revolt of 1876, however, was poorly organised, and only in the region of Plovdiv did large numbers take part. Insurgents had few arms and no heavy weapons, and were easily crushed by the Ottomans. The levels of violence used in putting down the rebellion is difficult to assess, but many villages across Bulgaria were pillaged and thousands of people massacred. At home, the sense of national consciousness was raised immeasurably, and abroad, newspapers relayed the stories of the massacres in graphic detail, and public opinion was outraged. In Russia, Britain and elsewhere, there were calls for action to prevent any further outrages. The British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli in Britain was reluctant to intervene against the Turks, 
since any further weakening of the Ottoman Empire would open the way to advances by the Russians. The importance of supporting the Ottomans was increased in 1869 when the Suez Canal was opened, a vital connection between the Mediterranean and British-controlled India. However, the inflamed nature of public opinion made it impossible for him to commit to saving the Ottomans if the Russians now intervened. He had to carefully navigate a middle path between those who were outraged by the Bulgarian atrocities and those who were fearful of Russian expansion, and was only just able to hold together his cabinet, who were deeply divided on the issue. In December 1876, representatives of the European powers assembled in Constantinople to try and find a diplomatic solution to the turmoil in the Balkans. The Ottoman leadership, however, was intransigent. Constantinople was suffering a renewed period of political instability, which had led in May 1876 to the overthrow of Sultan Abdulaziz. Abdulaziz had acceded to the throne back in 1861, when his brother Abdul Majid died of tuberculosis. He was a huge man and shared his predecessor's extravagant tastes. Educated in the Ottoman tradition, he found it difficult to accept the adoption of Western institutions and customs. He admired, however, the material progress in Western Europe and did allow his chief ministers to introduce a number of reforms. Unfortunately, the Ottoman state finances were in ruins. In October 1875, the Grand Vizier was forced to announce the government's inability to meet the interest payments of his debts. The disastrous mismanagement of state finances coincided with the crisis in the Balkans and also with growing public criticism of the Sultan for his perceived appeasement of foreign powers. At the end of May 1876, Abdulaziz was deposed in a coup and died shortly after, possibly assassinated. His successor, Murad V, was deposed just three months into his reign. The man who replaced him was Abdul Hamid II, who immediately won great popularity by granting a constitution for the Ottoman Empire. He therefore felt in a strong enough position politically to reject any significant concessions to the great European powers on the troubles in the Balkans, and so talks collapsed. The subsequent war will be described in next week's episode. You've been listening to a History of Europe Key Battles podcast. If you like the show and would like to support it, please go to patreon.com stroke history Europe. Thank you for all your support. Another great way of helping is by giving a, a good review on iTunes or wherever you found the podcast. Next time, we continue the story of the Russo-Turkish War. I hope you can join me then. Until then, all the best and goodbye.
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.